Hey, hey. Hey, hello everyone. Good evening. Hello. We hello. have a full house tonight. <laughs> yes. Great, uh, great to be back. <laughs> hey, all you knob twiddlers. Good to see you hey, on there. this side. <laughs> Normally I'm in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good to see you all. Thank you for having me here tonight. <laughs> great to see you too. Good to see you. Are you going to say something, Albert? No, I'm just going to be quiet. Albert is just listening. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. We spend a nice day here in the studio. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we were in um, uh, Willem 2 Studios uh, a month ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a place in uh, Den Bosch in the south of Holland. And... Um, they have a couple of uh, studios. There's two studios. One is uh, mm -hmm. equipped with um, uh, some classic old synths, and their uh, centerpiece is the the ARP 2500. Oh, and they, nice. have a, they have a 2600 as well, and some Surge stuff, and um, uh, I believe some MOOC, MOOC things, and Korg. Yeah, Synthi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, room. the EMS Synthi. Yeah, so, so some really good stuff. And the other room is... <laughs> um, uh basically i wouldn't call it a studio it's more like a performance instrument right it's um it's like a built it has a whole wall of uh testing equipment like uh, um yeah w which was not designed to make music originally but um it it's it's put there so you can make music with it and like, it's, uh, it's like like oscillators and stuff but yeah you know, oscillators filters two, two, uh, okay pulse generators Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pulse. There's like this pulse train, so you could sequence pulses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is basically measuring equipment that works in the audible range. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and then basically they built a studio so people can visit there and and do sessions and uh, workshops and stuff like that. But we use the the. This, the testing equipment for one afternoon and uh, just recorded everything to stereo. It was uh, uh, there was not really much mixing going on other than uh, making settings between the sources. But uh, we ended up with I don't know four hours of uh, four five hours maybe <laughs> even of, okay. of recordings. That's and today, uh, yeah, today wow. we we uh, we met here in um, in the studio to uh, to work on. Um, uh, yeah, to make selections and to see how they sounded and EQing them a little bit. So they're, so they're all stereo recordings. So it's basically take it or leave it. You know, it's uh, it is yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, some really cool. We found some really cool stuff. Really nice stuff. Wow. Yeah, you imagine yeah. it's very dry and um, yeah, just pulses and filters. So like uh, not that complex. But we figured out a way to make a tape delay out of the out of the old. Um, tape recorders oh, nice. and there's spring mm. reverb in there so all the materials sound super organic and um of course they're not they're not real kick drums or hi-hats or drones it's, it's just this measuring equipment uh, yeah and it's a whole own world sound world let's say but uh, yeah it's it, it's nice to work with and it's a different way of thinking about patching it's like a modular but then uh, you have to throw out all the rules of a regular yeah. modular and try to patch things together, and it looks it looks nice too. And it's nice to feel these really big buttons. Um, yeah, so yeah, we had a good time there. Yeah. Cool. 
Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, I mean, the, the sources themselves are very uh, pointy and very clicky and very um, dry, you know, but because there are uh, a bunch of tape delays and spring reverbs um, and also bandpass filters, uh, you, mm. which are connected to a small mixer, you can basically feed them back to themselves and make uh, like really insanely narrow pulses, uh, uh, band, bandpass uh, oh, nice. pulses. And if you run stuff through there and, you know, you can imagine with lots of feedback and things going on, basically everything is modular. So you can feed anything back to anything else. So it becomes like a massive feedback uh, mayhem. Um, oh. But therefore, it, it um, yeah, and not everything is clocked either because you know, the, the tape delay has only three speeds, you know, so it's mm. always running at some speed in uh, in in combination with whatever is going on in the testing equipment, but it's never really completely on time. So it's all very fluid and very, you know, uh, yeah, organic, I think is the, is the right way. Yeah. No, it's very, it's very nice that, uh, if you can actually have the option that not, not all the time, everything is mathematically related. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember when, when I was, when I was getting into, into music production, I just had a computer and, um, I was using a very basic software. And uh, I haven't got much knowledge or access to, to the internet at that time. So with that software, uh, the way it was working, uh, it was just 16 nodes. And I couldn't figure out how to actually get out of the grid. So it's it's nice also to be forced not to have a grid, yeah. I, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 um, I saw some uh, stuff on your, I don't know where, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, but... You've you've done quite a few things with tape as well, right? Like uh, with a tape recorder, making yeah. loops and stuff like that. Yeah, is that because yeah, it was, was, was that at the time because the, that was a necessity or just uh, uh, something you wanted to try out? Well, I'm I'm very obsessed with uh, with the, with the tape distortion, with the sound of the tape, because uh, when I was getting into into music production, I was using this very obscure software called Buzz, like B U Z Z. So it's uh, it's a tracker. Maybe some of you guys mm -hmm. are familiar with with, okay. uh, with the trackers. Uh, so you type uh, commands on the hexadecimal code, numbers and letters, uh, and that's how you you tell the sampler or the synthesizer to to play a note or or uh, to automate a certain effect. But the environment was modular, a little bit like Max or like uh, Reactor. Not as deep, but but you could apply uh, uh, modulations, LFOs or envelopes to to everything you want inside. Never mind. So I just had the computer. I had a mouse, and I didn't know how to sequence. I didn't know how to arrange tracks. So I was recording straight on a on a cassette recorder on tape, and my stuff sounded real. Later on, I learned how to arrange music, and I learned how to render uh, digitally, mm -hmm. and I lost the sound. And that's how okay. my obsession with tape began. <laughs> Just the sound, look, looking for that sound. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're looking for the sound, um, go tape. <laughs> yes. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Have you ever used tape, uh, Colleen? No. No? No, uh, not, I mean, not with, um, not with my own music. I've been, you know, manipulated mix mixes with tapes, you know, back and forth, but never recorded you mean, anything. You mean like uh, cutting, uh, cutting, like splicing tape? Is that what you mean, or recording? Done, like, on tape? recording two. I had like two. 
I had a dual cassette deck and then like a single boom box and then, you know, do tape mixing and then record it onto the third one. It was really not very well done. (laughs) It sounds really cool, to be honest. (laughs) It sounds like something. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I should DJ that way. It's like a dual cassette deck. Just... Why not? It'd probably be really yeah. a, a why, hipster why, thing why, to awesome. do, maybe. <laughs> Take DJ. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jochen was uh, telling me in the boss that um, he used to arrange with tape, so he would cut apart wow. every separate sound and make loops. Wow. Because I, I was maybe trying to get Jochen to try something with tape because I haven't really did that before cutting and pasting with the with the broader tape mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm, i still like to do it like make a fade by cutting the um, the tape in a <laughs> diagonal mm-hmm. way yeah, yeah, yeah. and the simple mechanics that are very obvious but really nice to try out but then yeah yeah, hmm. yeah i mean it that was in a time when when uh, when that was all that was available yeah, you know yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, there were some radio shows in Holland where you could send your your uh, mega mix, and I'd, I'd done a couple of those. Uh, that was the mid '80s or something, mm-hmm. but it was basically all done on a on a Revox, and then with uh, how do you say that a lineal uh, a ruler a ruler, <laughs> and then and, and with uh, yeah with a, a white. Um, pencil and it just it takes fucking ages but it's it's amazing because the uh, the feeling of accomplishment is so big when you make your five second edit you know what i mean yeah. like you <laughs> and, and it sounds nice it sounds really yeah it yeah. wasn't really writing music though in the big it was just a uh, mega mixing uh, and editing stuff from from other from records basically mm-hmm. um i did do some uh looping and sort of make make things repetitive you know sort of like that house music style or um you know instead of just putting all, all fragments uh in in a in succession behind each other uh in you know just make loops and make endless loops basically just uh, make a circle or one you know like maybe 50 centimeters or a meter of tape and then make one big cycle and then construct loops out of it that that was a uh, quite a lot of fun you know and then just basically record the result and then overdub something and then do another edit and then another loop um it's basically endless and it becomes really um or sort of unrecognizable because you're you're overdubbing all the time and um, yeah so the quality degrades and you get like artifacts going on and it's it's actually quite a a nice way of doing things because it's uh permanent you know whatever you do is you either uh record again or you stay with it and that's it so i i like the process of um having that sort of um um binding uh factor you know it's like uh this is it or take it or leave it or mm-hmm. yeah. it's final you know so that's a that's a good way to um, um to make you work hard yeah and also I, good I, for math calculating uh how yeah, long, yeah 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 where the where the snare would be and then calculating <laughs> how yeah. many millimeters would be a certain like a, like a bar or something Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very cool. I I I didn't use tape like that, but a long time ago I made some dub techno that 
from the sound card, I recorded it uh, onto an old Revox uh, recorder, but with a tape that was uh, a, a bit worn out already. <laughs> So like in purpose, in purpose, or that's what purpose. you had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On, 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 the, on purpose. So you get this uh, mm. col coloration of the overall sound of the records, uh, and that that turned out really, really well. Nice. And that's what I like about uh, yeah about tape. Tape, of course, has a certain sound character, but when it's a bit worn out, just like with a with a tape delay, I think as well. Is you you get this yeah this this, this sound coloration that I uh, that I really like mm -hmm. yeah and um, yeah the other thing the uh, one other technique we applied in um, Willem Twee Studios was uh, feeding the tape uh, delay back to itself and uh, because okay. the, the sound changes every time it passes through the cycle because it it's a it's basically a new recording every time you know like an overdub every yeah. time. Or not an well an extra cycle. Uh, if you if you do that and work the EQ while it's feedbacking, uh, you can you can basically change uh, a sound from some a really rumbly, crazy, bassy sound. Uh, you know, and make after maybe fifty cycles, it's sounding like a a hissy, high, really thinny sound. You know, so it's uh, and the other way around too. You can just uh, uh, introduce frequencies which weren't there and and those those start feeding back on themselves again and again and again so you can build um uh yeah so you can basically design sounds or build sounds or evolving things by just feeding back to each other uh, to itself basically it's cool it's really nice um you have to watch your ears though if you if you're too uh, <laughs> it's uh, if you're not too careful you can uh, you can blow up uh, speakers and eardrums and everything but, uh, well i have to say i have to say i have uh, i have a hearing damage because of the tape so it was uh, 2000 oh, okay. yeah year 2009 and uh i just had i just started to to have some gigs and i already had some records out and uh, everything was starting for me internationally uh, so one night I was just experimenting at home. I had this uh, tape cassette deck, so I was just going back after the sound, the sound of tape. So after after five hours of uh, distorting uh, shakers and hi hats on tape, I had this uh, three three head tape deck, which was uh, basically working like a plugin. It would play back simultaneously what I'm recording. So I was using it like a plugin. Mm -hmm. So in five hours' time, basically distorting kick drum plus hi-hats, I thought, okay, enough for tonight. And I went to the toilet, and I, I heard this noise, and I thought, oh, maybe it's uh, my neighbor's uh, washing machine, but it was not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's it, now, now... It's there ever since. It's there ever since, yeah. What? Oh, oh my. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's even more impressive I, I, that you I'm can laughing. Work that i'm laughing now no it's not very heavy to be honest it's just a tinnitus it's uh yeah. tinnitus it's uh okay. it's very quiet and i guess uh, it works in the same way like if you have a mechanical clock uh, in the room mm -hmm. at some point your brain just uh, ignores it right right so maybe now since a couple of years i don't really hear it i know it's there if i go to a super quiet place if i Close my ear. I, if I focus on yeah, it, okay. I can hear it. If you focus on it, you can hear it, yeah. Yes, but uh, it's not bothering me anymore. So it's not a really big problem. But the moment 
you realize that your body is not the same anymore. You lost certain ability. It's it was quite shocking at that time for me. Right. And yeah. as as music is my life, I was like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm not I'm not perfect anymore. My yeah. hearing is not perfect. So it was it was quite depressing. And then everything started for me in a great way. So yeah, yeah it was like, a loss, but but then <laughs> it was a gain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But be careful with tape. It's it's dangerous. Yeah. And feedback loops. Feedback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean the the tape um, even um, saturated some somewhat. You know, when you feedback your st- sounds onto onto tape, so there is a kind of natural limiting going on. If you do this with uh, digital mm-hmm. stuff with a completely digital signal path, it's much I would worse. Say it's more dangerous. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, by the way. But to- Sorry, I, I, go on. I, no, I, was just saw, I just saw somebody, um, um, uh, as always, every week, I'm completely ignoring the people in the, in the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people, but uh, welcome, everybody uh, who is uh, joining this chat. And uh, great to see you here. Uh, there was somebody asking, uh, Moni Mon, sup, Moni Mon, uh, mm-hmm. can you ask questions here? Yes, of course. If you have uh, any questions for uh, Robin, uh, Colleen, or uh, uh, Kink, or Albert, um, or Jochen or me <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and we'll try to uh, to answer them so I, I, I see that Mr. Monimon has already asked a question <laughs> oh right okay let's see let's just draw this in let's uh, give Monimon the first the first time the first uh, dips in the question uh to Lady Starlight and Albert your music has been very inspirational for me and I was wondering oh how you guys generally approach making a song. Okay, well, do we have uh, an hour? Uh, maybe, Colleen, you want to start? Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and it's interesting because I was going to ask that question of all of you, of how you kind of, your kind of your workflow of how you go about doing things. But um, for me, I would say... It mostly always comes, I never have an idea of what I'm going to do when I go into the studio. I just have like a machine I want to work on. And I always start with the lead. I never start with percussion. I'm always very lead focused and then the percussion comes next. So that's always the thing. I kind of write a lead and figure out. Also, if I have a new, yeah, it's a, it's very gear based. Like, ooh, I have a new sample that I Colleen just turned into yeah. a robot. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, you're back. You're back. Yeah, okay, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> this is very funny. <laughs> okay. You guys should sample that. Sound pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Okay, let's go better. Okay, good. I started with my uh, mono machine again. I, I listened to really old. I went through like my hard drive and tried to like get rid of a bunch of things that I didn't need. And then I found all these tracks from like 2014. And I'm like, and I thought, of course, you know, you're thinking, oh, so shitty, you know, what you're working on. Like a long time ago, and I'm like, this is amazing. And it was all the mono machine. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's, I wrote some tracks today. I focused on. 
She's keeping her secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I just write a lead sequence and then I work around it. It's hard. It's hard to say. You know what I mean? I don't have like a, I just go into the studio and make noise and see what happens. And most of the time, bad, nothing good happens. And then sometimes it does. <clears throat> I also work a lot for my live set. So, uh, that forces me to write tracks because I'm always playing live. So if I have a gig and I always have to do something new, so I have to write tracks that for, so that, so. Yeah, it makes sense. So you have like, um, um, a motivation to, to, to get something started because, um, there is a purpose for it basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people watching, so, and you can't avoid it. <laughs> cool. So, uh, Albert? Um, well, the last years I was able to work in these studios in Embos a lot, so I recorded a lot of material there. There were times over the years, so I'm, I'm doing music for 20 years, uh, and there was times where I start making a beat, and there's times where I start you with a with a yeah the lead or the background and the last years i've been focusing i noticed that the music is a little bit more musical if i start with a with the background and the the leads and the bass line and then add the drum the drum sounds yeah and the last year uh since i did so much recordings in den Bosch, also i recorded nenha um or ninha on prepare piano at um in this concert hall with uh, uh yeah very nicely mic'd and we spent the day preparing so i got all the separate notes and chords and uh yeah so it's a whole s custom sample pack and what works best for me is i throw these long samples in and just pick a random loop mm -hmm. and start with something really random and then try to make something out of it so the loop will give me something that i can put uh, some percussion on or um, and then sometimes I use that same loop in my granular synth. So I, I, I make everything from the same source material. Um, yeah. And it's um, so recently it also has been in the box a lot. So I'm in the studios recording all these parts and then it works. I'm way faster than working in the box. I guess I guess that's it. Yeah, and that way I can also do more material in a in a quicker time frame. I also notice that sometimes I can work three months on a track and I don't hear the difference with a track that I can do in an hour. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to. I even call the series one hour, and I try to do mm -hmm. the whole track in one hour, and then just throw away the stuff that I don't like, and keep the ones that I do like. And my production has been a lot higher, and uh, I just keep the things that I like. And everything keeps being or uh, stays a lot more spontaneous. Yeah. So it's like, so when you start with a loop, um, you basically scoped around it until you, you have something. Uh, and then does the original thing, the original sample that you, that you use as a starting point, always end up staying there or is it sometimes? Uh, I think 60%, uh, 70% of the time, 
the sample stays in, but sometimes it's very boring the original thing, so I, <laughs> I, I, I take it out. But I like the idea of doing something bad, so it's a random uh, loop that is that doesn't work, and then I try to make everything work around that. So it's a very annoying starting point, and I like I like that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it probably it, it goes somewhere, you know. So if it goes somewhere, that that's that somewhere might be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. get set off on the wrong foot, and I think mm. that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know what who is the quote coming from. I thought it was Picasso. Uh, you know, there's nothing as bad as a good start. So <laughs> once, once, you start, once you start on something, and it, the first few minutes is like, yeah, you know, it can things can only go, can go down downhill. You know, from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting quote, though. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was. I was. Sorry. No. Yeah, it's a delay. Sorry, man. Yeah. I was gonna. I was sorry. I was gonna ask Robin uh, if he because the question was directed to, um, to Albert to, and Green, but maybe yeah. you can you can talk about your. Um... Yeah, well, lately I'm uh, I'm very fascinated about you know uh, uh, atmospheres and you know sound design and stuff like that. So the music that I produce lately is like very abstract. Uh, of often, not always, but often, still very danceable, but uh, very abstract. And I, yeah, just use my equipment a bit different now that I try to, uh, yeah, try to make certain uh, uh, sounds which are not 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 melodies, but uh, certain atmospheres. And then from there on, uh, yeah, I uh, I add beats with it, and I just see uh, see where it goes. And sometimes. I end up with something very uh, abstract, maybe only uh, a piece of ambient, and sometimes I, I end up with with a uh, like a prime time techno track, and the other yeah, another time I'll end up with something dubby. But mm. basically now what I'm what I'm trying to to what, what I'm doing is I, I just grab one of my machines and. I try to make like abstract sounds and atmospheres, and that, that's that's how I start lately. Yeah, and I find it very interesting as well. Yeah, instead of yeah, uh, I, I melodies. Mean, people, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we we get we get uh, these questions a lot, you know, like how how do you make a track? <laughs> that's that's yeah. a very cool. And but uh, the honest thing is, really, um, uh, we just do something and see where you can take it. You know, I mean, everybody has has their own way of uh, getting started. You know, it can be something yeah. abstract, or it can be something that puts you on the wrong on the wrong foot. So you, you have to kind of wake, work your way around it. That could uh, um, spark off some creativity, or um, there's all kinds of ways. But I think the yeah. best. The best tip I would have to somebody: don't try to, don't try to uh, make the thing that you really want to, but just let it happen and see. You know, just accept where it's going and and where it ends up, and then just refine it uh, yeah. in a way where it wants to be. You know, just make the try to make the best version of the track that sort of presents itself, and then um, 
if you do that 20 times, there's always going to be something that is uh, very much along the lines that you yeah. actually had in mind. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really make sense to make something out of something which it isn't, you know. So uh, it's better to just lead, let the, <clears throat> the process guide you to um, to an end result that makes sense. I guess that's the the best way to approach yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that also, it's, yeah, it's really important just to just to play around and have a good time. Exactly. You know, that's what yeah. makes yeah. instruments fun. That's why, you know, we all like gears because it's fun. And you have a knob yeah. and you're like, well, what happens if I do that? And yeah, yeah and not to be exactly. concerned yeah. with the end result when you're focused on, I have to finish this many tracks or, you know, then you really lose the energy and the, and that yeah. it comes out sounding really dry, you know, like, no emotion or spontaneity or anything. So never think about, I have to finish this track, you know, mm. never think about the end result and just be in that moment and have fun. And that's how like I think different, all the best tracks yeah, are made. Or, organically in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 What about you, uh, Kink? Do you have a, a, a certain process or do you let it happen as well? I have a certain process, but uh, I wanted to share my opinion about the, uh, the easy beginning, uh, like we oh, mentioned okay. before. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a label and he found a certain problem. Um, when he is receiving a, a demo, which is like a very short snippet, a very strong idea, uh, undeveloped idea, and normally he loves it. And uh, the problem is somehow his imagination finished the track. And then when he's hearing the finished idea, he never it never lives up to the expectation so he okay. stopped listening those uh, easy beginnings and um i guess the moral story is uh, if if you have things going on if everything is working out finish it fast instead of you know putting it on storage be quick with your idea catch the cap- capture the the vibe when it's still there uh, also, I have a certain problem. I have a I have a project, uh, a different project called Kirillic. So it's more on the techno side, and the whole idea was uh, was quite inspired by Jeff Mills seeing him playing with uh, record players and a drum machine. And I thought, why not uh, playing very basic loops instead of tracks and making the beats with a drum machine? Mm. So very quickly, certainly I had some bookings, and very quickly I made loops which I loved. I made them with a uh, at that time, I discovered the modular, the Eurac system, and I was very fascinated by it. And uh, I got the sound very quickly, and I got these loops, and I was using them for for the live sets, hybrid DJ live, whatever you call it, because using CDJs in the drum machine. And uh, the the time came when I had to finish actual records based on those uh, those sounds. I had maybe over one hundred loops, and I totally, I'm still stuck with it i can i still i'm totally blocked and i cannot finish uh, and the loops are amazing i, I love them uh but i made them maybe uh, most of them maybe four or five years ago and the vibe is not there anymore so uh i had this why easy don't you why don't you just release it as a sound pack then yeah. yes I'm, 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 I'm thinking i'm thinking ones. about it i'm thinking mm-hmm. about it because i cannot progress with uh, with this anymore mm-hmm. but my approach is uh generally for making music uh I'm still adjusting now. So many, so many years now into it, and I'm still learning. And uh, I tried forcing creativity. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, if I'm lucky, 
some days I have inspiration, I have a quick result. So I, I don't have one recipe, unfortunately. I cannot share one one way. It's still a struggle. <laughs> Sometimes it's still a struggle. <laughs> yeah, I see uh, somebody asking here, uh, Egg Dojo. What's up, Egg Dojo? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think when you're doing nothing good after two months? I I think, to be honest, Egg Dojo, uh, start worrying when it's two decades, you know? Two months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep going, yeah. keep going, keep going. Of course. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I think it's a matter of trust to, like, your... Uh, after a while, you have to start trusting yourself. And there's also weeks where at least I don't do any music. So I think it feels like it comes in waves. Sometimes yeah. I just have to sit down and do music. And sometimes there, there's weeks where I don't, don't focus on it and I don't have any, I don't have the feeling I should sit down and do music. So I think yeah, it comes and goes and you have to well. trust in this. Yeah. Coming and going of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't believe that, 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 that or, or I think there are very few people that can be creative every day, all the time, and yeah. churn out, you know, like great stuff all the time. I, yeah. Not, not, not me, at least. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, Kink, what you're talking about with those loops, I have exactly the same problem because I write just loops and loops and loops for my live set. Yeah. And people are like, yeah. oh, why don't you just record it and turn it into a track? I'm like, it doesn't work that way <laughs> because mm -hmm. exactly. it's all about mixing them in and out. And it looks works well in a live set, but it's not like you can, yeah, it's not that easy. It seems well, like it would what, be easy, but it's not. <laughs> what, what about this idea? Yeah. You you sent each other's you you uh, each other each other's loops <laughs> and then finish it. That's a brilliant idea, actually. That would be amazing, actually. We'll talk after. Wow. <laughs> yes. yes. That would be really cool. Yes. So maybe we'll do that. Yeah, but you know, you know, you know, Kink. I I I know I know the feeling. Of course, I think everybody who makes music does. You know, you have something and you've you've basically exhausted the material and yeah. um uh, there's yeah. nothing exactly. nothing uh, yeah basically you've uh, you squeezed everything out of it that is that it has in it and um so the the result or the end result it was basically not to become a track but it was uh the fact that they played a role in your in your live show and maybe that's what it is you know yeah, I mean, I the uh, the original idea behind the project was just to to have a, a very simple, uh, different kind of a live set for which I need just a USB stick and a drum machine with me. So it was just mm. easy to travel alongside the bigger kink show. Mm. And I never intended to actually release music, but since I was doing some gigs and I felt some sort of pressure to give the people something. Right. Uh, but it's ended up being so difficult because when I uh, use those loops, they're very dry loops, like like the stuff you guys did in, in this studio. It's just uh, sometimes a uh, resonant filter uh, ringed by a, by a click. It's not even oscillators. And it yeah. sounds amazing in the room, and the room is giving you uh, certain dynamics and reverb. It mm, gives yeah. everything to the sound. But, but uh, in studio environment or on vinyl, it just doesn't have that sound. Mm. And my only drums is a drum machine I use, and it sounds amazing in the warehouse. But when you try to reproduce it, it just doesn't work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think somehow Sleep Archive is able to do it and just release those short tracks yeah. that are really just a loop. And there's no, yeah, there's really nothing changing in the loop. And I like that idea. 
I still like that idea a lot. It, I also am interested in the idea of releasing shorter tracks because so many yeah. people are looping anyway as, as, yeah. as they're DJing, or at least I, I do. To be honest, so, we're playing with the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. So just uh, okay. yeah, have this two, three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, why? I feel another collaboration. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 you should do a compilation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Called unfinished a music. Yeah. Yeah, 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 unfinished business or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> but 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 indeed, are you know uh, many many people you know sort of reinterpret when they when they play other people's music they sort of reinterpret it into loops anyway you know so yeah mm-hmm. so then i'm beginning of to think it's it's okay to to release music that is not like a super stylish you know like track with a beautiful arrangement but but leave it more uh abstract and more toolish in yeah. a way yeah. that was techno anyway right Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Full circle. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Interesting. Unfinished business. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's usually the best tracks too that are like, yeah, like imperfection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. It's like something is when you hear a person making it like, uh, uh, like if something is muted and it's the tail is cut off. Like that's my mm. favorite thing in a track. So I like mm. when you can hear that a person is behind doing something. So it's like a, you know, music is it's a lot more organic humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, uh, yeah, when you hear those imperfections, you're like, ah, oh, okay, it's a person there. I feel more connected with a track that sounds like an, a person is making it. And I think it's, mm. I think it's a natural Thing that people tend to kind of forget and get so obsessed with perfection, you know, because uh, yeah, there's just it's hard when you're looking at a at an arra- you know at at an arrangement and it has all these bars in it. It's just an absolute you're trying natural to get to six minutes exactly, and you're like, and it's a natural like human instinct. If something's in a grid, you want to fit it into the grid. So if you're the more visually people are doing things, the less uh, human it sounds, and the less I personally connect with it. So that's why I agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, there, you know, not everybody there, can afford a lot of gear. So it's you know you got to do no, there, there, what it is you so, can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean the. Basically, if if you're make, making dance music, you're uh, you're making tools for DJs to play in in a sense, right? So um, the choice is up to you as a producer how much room you leave for the playing DJ for the the people who play your music out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much room you leave for their interpretation of what if, what you have done? If you fully arrange something <laughs> and and uh, um, you know if you if you basically uh design every aspect and every at every um point in the track uh to function in a certain way uh then there's really nothing they 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 have to do or they you know it's yeah. sort of you know what i mean and if you yeah. keep things more loopy and more open then it it gives the 
the people who play it out uh, a bit more room to improvise with it. So you you can yeah. look at it from both from both ways, yeah, you know. People who are people who are actually you know like traditional DJs who play who select who are selectors, you know, play songs or records. They they tend to play more finished tracks. But if you look at a lot of techno DJs or house DJs, they they they're just as happy playing a track that is pretty much the same thing for six minutes, you know. Yeah. And then just manipulate. <laughs> yeah, you can make your own breaks, and you can you know. You have much more freedom where to, how to layer it, and at what point in the track you can layer with something else. You know, so it's uh, it gives it mm-hmm. the performer a bit more flexibility. So you don't really necessarily always have to make a song out of your your loop. You know, you can just leave it mm-hmm. as a loop and just uh, you know put it out in the All world and the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So weird that those things that work in a club. Like you mentioned, kink, just uh, the drum computer and um, um, and a bleep, uh, and you have a hard time pressing that on on record. Although you know it would work well in a club, I have that. Yeah. I I have a yeah. really hard time. You want to make things texturized, <laughs> and although you know that um, also when you're playing live, actually, this is a good example. If you go back to the moment where you're just playing the kick drum. Everybody knows that when playing live, mm, yeah. it's like the best moment in the li- in the live set. You know, you have build Absolutely. up something, and then you're like, doom, doom, doom. Yeah. so that, yeah, yeah, it's very very minimal. Absolutely, it's really just one kick drum. So yeah, it never fails. It, yeah, I guess it's about um, confidence to to put that out as a track. Actually, let's let's yeah. talk about playing live because I think everybody here is also a live performer, or uh, yeah. or even. So, so, um, uh, Kink, what, what is your, your approach? Do you, uh, have pre-programmed stuff or do you do everything on the fly? What, uh, what is your, or do you, yeah, I, I guess you have several, uh, done it several ways in several setups, but, uh, when I, when I see you doing stuff, it looks like you're doing a lot of things completely improvised, right? Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be short with this, but so I <laughs> funny funny no, funny go for it, go for it. I, this, this funny funny <laughs> funny enough. I never I didn't want it to play live. For me, uh, electronic music was meant to be studio music, and the best way to perform it was to play records. Uh, that's how I always imagined it. Okay. And I I come from a DJ background, and I just imagined that it's the way it should be. You make records in studio. You spend one month to make a track, and you play the record. <laughs> That's how it used to be for me for a long time. And then uh, I started releasing some music. Uh, I got a booking agent. I had a very short living DJ career internationally, which stopped. I guess it was the time when I got the tinnitus. I canceled a couple of gigs and everything with DJ just dried out. And my agent told me, hey, look, I can sell you better. There is a big demand for life acts. You have a good catalog. Maybe you should play live. And I'm... I. I thought, yeah, I can maybe try and uh, make some connections and jump back to DJing because I totally didn't like the idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said yes, and I had to do it. And uh, my approach to playing live was uh, uh, like a DJ would do. So uh, I imagined uh, instead of uh, using stems and dif- uh, dealing with, with, uh, with channels, uh, I would play... Uh, locked grooves from my, from my pre-masters. So I would just cut loops from my pre-masters. And uh, that was the concept. And I thought I'm going to do five gigs and this is going to be over. I'm going to come back to DJing. But it happened that <laughs> everything worked out so well. And 
I don't know, 11 years later, I still play live. <laughs> Mostly, 99% of my shows are live. And uh, the philosophy is still the same. Uh, I, If I want to play pre-recorded elements, those elements are normally one or two bar long loops for my pre-masters, mm -hmm. containing everything, kick drum, the bass line, all the elements. So if I want to isolate, uh, remove the bass or the kick, I just high pass. So I have... Uh, a combination. Yeah. Uh, I have I have low pass and high pass filter on the on the master uh, parallel in parallel, so I can just isolate certain spectrum of the of the frequency of the loop. So if I feel like, uh, so that's the pre-recorded part. I have those loops, which are pretty short, and they're just repeating forever. And then I I have the option to record my. I have a little keyboard, so I can play uh, bass synthesizers or solo kind of synthesizers. And I have a drum machine, and I have uh, a laptop, which is uh, enable uh, make it possible for me to play different percussions, and I can record them as MIDI and, and overdub. So, let's say I start with a pre-recorded loop, and if I feel like having a new bass line, I just high pass the original loop, and I play the bass. I put a kick from a drum machine. If I feel like I'm making a new melody, I low pass the original loop. I play a melody and I loop it. So starting from a point when there is a pre-recorded element, I go to to an improvised moment. So I can go both ways. I can play completely improvised set, but uh, to be honest, uh, you you all you guys you, you know that the, the crowd is different and uh, the is, the the vibe is different in in uh, different locations where we play. So sometimes you just have to. People just want to hear something familiar, and people just want to hear your your records. And and I, I feel like it's my duty also to deliver. I mean, I I, I have a responsibility to make people happy. Mm -hmm. So in certain certain places, I just feel like yes, I'm I'm going to give you what you want. And some other places, I feel the crowd is more adventurous. We can take a different journey. So then I improvise mm -hmm. more. So I guess it it can go both ways. But so technic so so technically, you're, you're basically it sounds like you have. Uh, just uh, just enough and uh, not too much and not too little to be able to very be very flexible and very articulate with whatever you do. So basically, you, the stuff you do is big gestures and big movements, uh, but it's all very very effective. So you can you can change you can change it around in any any way you want, but um, yes. it's still very manageable. There's not it's too much very, going on. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. and. Uh, I, I think uh, what I realized uh, that it's very, very. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm translating Bulgarian to English is my, in my head right now. So what I wanted, what I wanted to say is, uh, yeah, people, people enjoy certain energy, uh, and uh, I can transfer my music better if, if I, if I am with the people, if I look at the crowd, and uh, if I have to think about, if I have to think about thousands of channels, and I have to think about many levels, it's distracting me from uh, communicating with the yeah. people and then uh, mm -hmm. yeah uh, having having this kind of a dj approach with the pre-recorded loops being loops uh yeah. well the result at the end is almost the same i can still play with levels by filtering certain frequencies but but i have a safe option of like not really thinking of of too many uh layers and stuff so yeah i guess the simplicity is uh gives me freedom to to enjoy a bit more. Mm. Mm. And what are you playing from the vinyls? Because I think that's an interesting aspect of the thing too. Very good question. Uh, my wife is a singer and sometimes we do shows together. 
but it's not possible to bring her every time. And I thought uh, I have to have a source. Obviously, if there are vocals, uh, it's, I'm not singing the vocals. And uh, uh, I thought not yet. And I thought <laughs> if, if I don't have a vocalist with me, uh, I would love to to people to, to see the source. And I decided the turntable is going to be the source of the, of the voice. So I just buy ah. acapella records and I just, I put, I play around with, with loops. I put a tape and if I'm lucky enough, I manage to loop certain area. Uh, you guys know that if you have a record, which is 133.33 BPM. Yeah. Most likely you have a, you have a perfect loop. So I'm just spending hours and hours with tape Putting so, on the, on the yeah, yeah. So, so it, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it, uh, it keeps skipping in the same, uh, in the same yeah. loop. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're cutting, yeah, yeah, yeah. cutting vocals on dub plates, or no? I, I, I wanted to do it, but uh, for the past ten years, it was just gigging and gigging, and I never had uh, the time to, uh, to do it, to do, to make the dub plates. Uh, and also, I, I, think... I use these stickers for it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're perfect. Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they have a round, they have a round uh, exactly. edge, you know, and they exactly. They, they make it. They don't make as much noise as a as a square. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, I use a computer. The computer is my the heart of my system, and uh, I'm still. I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, for me, the computer is a necessary evil. I, I I find it's the best tool of expression for me. It gives me freedom, but at the same time, I would love to go just with the drum machine and the synth, and and uh, experiment. Oh, so uh, Robin just disappeared. Robin is like, know, yeah, he'll, he'll be back with you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm well, out. <laughs> no, I think your live set uh, kink is also uh, shows that you Yay. don't need, uh, <laughs> need to travel with um, all this vintage uh, gear. You know, uh, I always enjoyed watching your videos about how you play live. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, especially if you're traveling a lot, you're all, always thinking about weight and um, yes. also having your gear in weird places. So you might also not want to take this uh, vintage uh, gear so that if something uh, gets stolen or breaks, you can in any location get the same uh, machine from a friend because it's so uh, forward. Exactly. Uh, the, the choice. So, yeah, I think that's super interesting to to do and it also makes it i guess what i'm thinking now is it makes it a lot more approachable for other people to play live because they think oh it's just this and this and this machine yeah, that i oh yeah so that's cool yeah well in the beginning it was just a practical decision because i did i haven't got the budget to to buy a a model d by mook or tb303 mm -hmm. or 99 and uh and then also traveling was uh it's, it still is challenging Hmm. So it's just a practical choice, and uh, even now when I buy new equipment for for the live set, the first criteria is the size, the second criteria is the weight, because there is a weight limitation for the hand luggage. And then if if it does something, it's great, <laughs> but it's not amazing. <laughs> You'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, weight and size is always a challenge uh, for yeah. For, for bringing a live setup, absolutely. Yeah, not everybody. But I have to say, I have to say, I was always, I was always jealous uh, when I see the other people having a little modular and uh, a nice nine nine drum machine on stage and then uh, some nice. 
analog filter or taking the risk to to ask for a big nice mixing desk mm-hmm. which i prefer to bring mostly i prefer to use what i bring not not to ask for for mm-hmm. equipment yeah, for me it's a bit risky but at the same time I, i'm thinking wow i wish i was the other person <laughs> on their riders you know the 909s yeah but so that, that's, yeah, that's crazy too. to me what I, what I experience with, with 909s on a rider is I used to bring my own 909 to, to gigs all the time because if there's a 909 on a rider, every 909 is different. Mm-hmm. And so every 909 sounds different. And sometimes there are things deep within the 909 that are, that are behaving different than what I'm used to. And then if I have to stress before a gig, to, to fix that, that's something that I yeah, that I really don't want. So that's why uh, I never made use of any equipment on uh, on a rider. I even still bring my own uh, my own DB4 mixer, which is like my my mixer, sound card, uh, FX processor, and MIDI controller all in one. Because I, I I trigger Ableton with the mixer, and I I even bring bring that because uh yeah you know i i i'm i i know that that my equipment works as it as it should you know mm-hmm. but it's yeah that's that's a personal Trust thing no one i completely agree you know what i mean yeah yeah. In the old days at the rave, we used to even bring our own table and like long power <laughs> cord. Oh, that's cord. amazing. We just wow. yeah, walk in and set up. Right <laughs> <laughs> wow. like look like we're a part of the sound system. And then eventually <laughs> the, the, the squatters are like, ah, oh, I guess these dudes are serious. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. That's amazing. They always work every, every weekend. <laughs> No, I yeah. think it also comes from like, you know, when you, um, you know, things have gotten so much more professional and if you've been doing things a long time, you, you know, that, yeah. you know, if you don't come prepared that no one's going to have anything together for you. So it depends yeah. on sort of when you started, you know, like how, how developed, uh, you know, events were because it was always just like, uh, oh, a mixing desk like oh we have yeah, one exactly. you know there was like there was no uh there what, didn't used to what, what cables what yeah power, exactly uh, you're like oh you need some power yeah, outlets yeah, yeah. oh wow <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> so i think that you know it, 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 productions of techno events have gotten to such a, a high level which is absolutely great but mm. if you're accustomed to the past, you know that you don't trust anybody with yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And nothing is worse than like you're saying when you arrive to a gig and you're stressed out, like bad set, yeah. no question. That's the like, number one thing that goes wrong is you arrive and you're like a mess. So, <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> nothing nice. is arranged, so you need yeah. yeah. Uh, this, and you're stressed. I, the crowd can I see your stress. Exactly. So I yeah. always try to try to avoid that. Yeah, me too. And I had it on a festival in Germany last year um, mm-hmm. where I was playing a surround sound set. Oh, and nice. there, uh, it's called Fusion. Oh, oh yes. I played it's a great Fusion festival. last year too. It's a great oh, well, festival. Then we played the same festival. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. And yeah, absolutely. So but the, due to a misunderstanding, but. <laughs> uh, 
uh, they didn't have any cables from my sound card to to their uh, to their special mixer, and it, because okay. it was a surround sound set, I needed five or six cables or something because right. it's not stereo; it's surround. <laughs> and uh, so my my set uh, started like an hour later <laughs> than, oh, no. than originally planned because of the the lack of cables. Yeah. But then fusion being fusion, you know, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, it, everything is okay. Yeah. People people stayed there waiting for an hour for me uh, nice. to, <laughs> to play. And in the end, everything went great. So, you know. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the examples that uh, you know, like, I always <gasps> try to avoid normally. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> I'm going to try to be a, a nice host and uh, give uh, <laughs> people from the comments a chance. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this one's from uh, Yannick. Yannick, what's up? Yannick Colette. Right uh, apparently, he's tried to ask this before, but um, what do we think about the new Roland products, the SH1, the TBO3 versus the originals? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think any of us want to start uh, a war here. But um, I mean, let, let me let me say that I think it's absolutely fantastic that we are living in a time where where um, there is so much uh, affordable equipment around. You know, if you are uh, an yeah. aspiring producer or you want to have fun with with gear, um, yeah, it, it is. I, I, I'm not saying it's it, it's little money, but compared to what it used to be. Yeah. Um, in especially in the nineties and the two thousands, you can you can buy for for a, for a reasonable amount. You can buy uh, quite a lot of gear, and and um, you don't need to own the originals of the vintage, all the vintage stuff to 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 do anything uh, proper. You can use cheap boxes that are out now and that are made in in uh, big batches, so they are are cheap and and available everywhere. Uh, I think that's absolutely fantastic. You know, that's great. Um, if you really want to do a comparison of the audio between those old and the new ones, of course, the older ones have more character, more dynamics, and uh, they're easier to work with because the knobs are bigger and, um, yeah, they just have more character, I think. But it doesn't mean... Um, I mean, that's not a guarantee to make some something good, you know. If uh, exactly. I mean, any yeah. any tool is is a tool, and you can you can Absolutely. you can. It is it is so you know. It's, well. Yeah, it it is. Um, yeah, if if you really compare it, um, um, it there is a difference. But um, does that matter? I, no. Yeah. Again, again, if you matter. whatever you use to, you you can use anything. That's even stuff that isn't supposed to do make sounds, you know, or. Uh, that is not uh, supposed to uh, to be used for making music. You know, anything that like, makes noise like can be used to make sound to make music. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Yeah, or Game Boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it, I mean, it's way closer to to uh, to to anything. It, it's it's much more. It's much better and much more. The workflow is much more uh, uh, true to the originals than just using a bank of samples. You know, it's uh, it still has this sort of machine feel. Uh, the way of programming. Is pretty much the same, you know. You do this step sequence type uh, programming, uh, which makes you do things differently than if you write things in a grid or when you program something on a screen. So, a lot of it is the same and uh, get you the same results. The sound might be a little bit different, but I don't think it. 
to be honest, if I I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, if if you if I had to change um, one of my originals to uh, a new replica, I would still be able to do something interesting with it. So that's just all I'm yeah. saying. You know what I mean? I don't know what you think about that, uh, Colleen, or is it? Uh, uh, I think that if you that it's the ideas are more important. And if you can yeah, get like exactly. the basic sounds, especially for a live set, I mean, the they're, the new ones are so small; they're great, you know. And you know, yeah, it's affordable to travel with. Absolutely know? heavy, but built well, but small. That's really I like that about them. And mm -hmm. I think that you know, you can like you know, like you said, Yalcom, you can make anything non-musical sound musical. So if you can, mm. you know, put it through effects processors and the way that you record it and compressors and stuff, you know, and yeah, it's, if you can get the basic ideas down there uh, and that's, that's more important than the actual gear. And sometimes things that don't sound so good, give you a sound too, like a cool sound that's not super polished and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, not having, not having to spend a lot of money doesn't mean you can't have a great, unique, creative sound. So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. And and these these yeah. times are, are are absolutely amazing for that. You know, there's so mm -hmm. many things out there. Um, mm. The 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 offerings or the the stuff that is available, small desktop mm -hmm. scenes, you know, Eurorack stuff. Uh, it's just a, absolutely insane how many things you can yeah. you have access to these days. It's just it's, it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah, it, it wanted, encourages. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> I wanted to add that uh, the TB three hundred three was, uh, I guess, a cheap uh, clone of a real human bass player, mm. and nice. it was, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, TB three hundred three. It doesn't re relate that well to to a human bass player. So, the new clones. Uh, are cheap versions of, of cheaper versions of some of the classics, <laughs> but they they don't. If if we use them differently, if we don't have, if we don't, if we don't try to achieve the same result, we can we can come up with something better. So the the clones are pretty good, pretty close to the originals. I wouldn't say better or the same, but I I think the focus of the artist should be how we can we use those clones differently, not not to emulate the, the originals. Yeah, yeah, it's what Colleen so. said in the beginning, you know, it's, the, the whole thing is just about having fun with machines yeah? and, and you can have as much fun with uh, with a cheap uh, replica or whatever as with uh, an original. I don't think there there is a, um, yeah, it's about the ideas and about having fun, so. <laughs> yeah. And your music doesn't have to sound like any classic synthesizer, I think. That might yeah. be an opener, eye opener for people too. People yeah. can do their completely own sound with uh, filtering field recordings to sound like percussion or whatever mm -hmm. and sampling those. Sure. So uh, I think also those uh, replicas or whatever, like the new versions of the same old machines make you think you need these classic synthesizers. Yeah. But the uh, a sound palette is a lot more broad than than any classic synthesizer is. So absolutely, you shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be overwhelming the amount of m machines that you're able to get because I, I in the end it's just about a simple idea or whatever you have at hand to do music with, even if it's just a cracked version of a, a Fruity Loops or whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're Audacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Audacity. I'm getting in. It into it actually, all the options. Okay, and cool. Audacity. 
You can you sequence yet. in that software? I haven't figured it out yet. You can, I, you can, I, love, you can, I love the effects. I, I think I the effects are great. Yeah. You can multi-track, but I don't think you can sequence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, can, yeah. you can layer things, yeah. Yeah, but they have really good, some really good sounds. Um, maybe I'll try to make a whole album out of Audacity. See what happens. Yeah, like a, like like a two-track editor type stuff. So you have like, record uh, a stereo file into it, and then just chop it up and have every. Yeah, I used to yeah. do that. In it, there was this. Um, on I think they stopped making it on after OS ten happened, but uh, there was this uh, two-track editor called Peak that I used to death mm -hmm. in the, in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. They, they stopped. Yeah, but uh, by Peak, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there was this uh, plug-in uh, or part of it called SFX Machine. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers, but that was that used to be my process for a long time, just to have a, a stereo recording of a, of a track which was sort of finished but had a, some, some kind of structure to it, and then just zoom in on every little snare or hi-hat mm. or a chunk of, of music and just you know, process the hell out of it in, in very almost like a tape, tape editing, you know, just have a mm -hmm. stereo... Uh, micro edits in uh, in your stereo track that used to be a lot of fun and there's not really anything I know of yeah maybe Pro Tools but um, there's no real two, just a dedicated two track editor that does things so flexible and quick as as Peak did in in those days yeah, mm -hmm. correct maybe if anybody knows uh, a two track editor in the in the in the comments <laughs> yeah, drop it in the comments you can still do it in Ableton or in in, uh, in Logic, but that just being restricted it's, to it's different. Yeah, yeah, just add, actually adding in the waveform rather than selecting uh, a part on the timeline. You know, made it uh, mm -hmm. sort of more freeform and and jazzy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some real cool uh, drone artists that ju just work with these small Toscom tape machines. I mm -hmm. like that idea too, of just looping. And layering, maybe you have an effects pedal and just this little tape machine that you tour around and just do, yeah. There's a lot of like Instagram cl clips or people also doing these small setups with tapes and can be very cheap and minimal. And I, yeah, I like I like the look of it and the sound and can be super basic and cheap. It's interesting, mm -hmm. I think. Um, Julianne says you can do that in Audacity. I know, but it's um, it's not as quick for me. It's a it's a slower program for some reason. The peak used to be ultra fast. Uh, that that was the that made it fun, you know, because you didn't have to. I mean, I'm I I've kind of figured out the navigation in uh, in in Audacity. I use it sometimes, but uh, still, um, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm kind of looking back at the days where where this the same thing was done in peak, and it was so much quicker. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, I'll have maybe I should have another another go. Um, um, I always get a bit frustrated with it, maybe because peak is still in my sort of muscle memory and, and my system. Anyway, thanks for the tip. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I, I still have an, a very old laptop here with peak on it that works. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the, the first the yeah it doesn't matter old old laptop <laughs> anyway. Yeah, maybe I should visit sometime. Do a, <laughs> uh, an old school peak, peak <laughs> old school peak session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Really? <laughs> Do you have the, the SFX, the sound of the SFX machine with it? I, I would have to look. I would oh, have okay. to look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll have a look later on. <laughs> yeah, two track editing. Jochem is seeing if there's any good questions in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's continue talking, people. I'm just. Um, no, I like this question, up. though. Yeah. The, oh, which yeah. one? The, uh, a little further up. Scroll. <laughs> and which the one? question if you would. This one. This one? Yeah. Right. Okay, well, then you start. Very deep. You start. You start. If the question oh. is. The question <laughs> is for everyone. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. For us uh, from Saudade Music, I think you would pronounce it. Sorry if I butcher your name, Saudade Music. <laughs> uh, the question is for everyone. If you could travel back in time and meet your younger self from the time you started making music, what advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice question. So, Albert, what, do you th what would you give yourself? <laughs> what, what, what kind of yeah, advice I think would you it's give a great question. I think uh, something in the line of stick to your guns and also I guess not to worry too much and just focus on exactly. what you're doing yeah. and don't do any yeah don't worry too much <laughs> I guess that's it <laughs> I, I, I would have the same don't worry too much yeah. it's going to be okay you know just just follow you know what you envisioned to do, what you feel is good. And uh, yeah, but I've always no, done it I, anyway. If I, if I would, uh, if I would uh, so, give myself advice uh, from me in the 90s, I would say start uh, the trans genre. Become <laughs> 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 rich and famous. <laughs> like uh, the, 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 the private one. jets uh, part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the Las Vegas residency. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a trans artist uh, um, probably visiting Jochem next week to steal his, uh, his uh, technical knowledge about the gear. So, yeah. No, but I, 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 I don't go. know. I, th I think if I would really answer that question, I would probably say to myself, don't overcomplicate things. Yeah. You know, uh, that's it. Um, uh, I mean, t yeah, I've, I've learned to... Um, uh, be way quicker with deciding whether something is worth working on or not. So I'm, I've become way quicker in ditching things and um, uh, deciding whether something is uh, is good or not or um, worth keeping. And um, in the past, I've made mis not a mistake, but I've I used to. Uh, it used to be harder for me to let things go, so I would sp spend way too much time to fix things which weren't right, you know. And um, now I'm like, okay, it's not working. Bye bye. Yeah. Next, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I guess. I guess for me it would be if if I can. Sorry to interrupt you guys because of the latency, of but uh, <laughs> if if I can give an advice to myself, I would say something similar to, to Joachim. I would say uh, keep the music uh, simple and unfinished a little bit uh, because over-thinking, uh, um, over-processing over, over, over and over-programming my music, I set the bar so high in a way that people, I guess, expect me to, to spend to, to program to program my music to perfection and uh, I, I don't uh, I'm quite fascinated by music which is not finished yeah. but I, I I don't have the balls now to come back to it I would love to you know just release a kick drum with with, with a loop 
with 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 a click or something. But uh, I guess. Uh, what do you mean by you're fascinated by music that isn't finished? You mean the, your music that isn't finished, or any music? That generally, isn't generally. Oh, generally. really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why? What is the? Yeah. What is the? Why? The, because why, why I, I guess. I guess. I guess because my imagination uh, is triggered and I can finish oh, okay. it with my with my mind. Okay. Uh, but uh, with okay. most of the records I did, they're quite overproduced and quite programmed. And uh, mm. I I also do have respect to the people who uh, buy my records and come to my shows, and I I'm happy to to make them happy. But uh, I set certain bars, and I'm sometimes I just would want to release a kick drum with a with a kick with a click, and uh, I wish I started like that. I wish I was doing just things more simple, not overthinking, not overcomplicating. You, you can you can start mm. an alias for that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, I'm, I guess that's my problem. I'm overthinking everything, and uh, I think yeah. if I have to deal with a couple of aliases, I'm gonna go crazy. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> I guess that would be just just I would say to my younger self, just make things simple and, and don't don't overthink. Yeah. Well, you could do a kink project or a clink project or a kick <laughs> kick project. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I can launch a project of uh, inventing names. Yeah. <laughs> Variations of names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what advice would you give yourself, Colleen? Oh, that's tough because I feel like everything that you learn throughout your career is valuable that you need to learn it um, in some way. So like, you know, you need to make those mistakes of learning what not to do by doing it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I guess I would just remind myself that everybody starts, you know, not knowing anything. So it's okay to just not know anything and do it anyway. Don't let your lack of experience stop you from doing it. You'll figure it out later. And that, you know, yeah, and that people don't expect uh, not to get, uh, don't get, um, you know, um, tricked or fooled. I can't think of the right word by the idea that perfection is even impossible. So it's mm -hmm. like, just do it. Like Nike, just do it. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> yeah. those are all yeah. real good tips, I think. <laughs> but I do yeah. think you kind of have to go through all that and do the wrong thing before you can find the way that you do it right. Yeah, to be, honest, to, to, be on, to, to, to be honest, I think I think I I, um, I feel quite comfortable in in the place where I'm not knowledgeable. You know, so uh, now and then I, or now and then, probably most of the time, I, I try to do things, uh, at least some part of the process, in an area which I'm absolutely a newbie in. You know, okay. like it can be anything from uh, using something which you haven't used before, a synth or whatever, sequencing or pro like a DSP thing, a computer program or whatever, um, or you. Uh, limit yourself in other ways. You basically restrict yourself in such a way that you, w with a, a little set of which is almost impossible to do something uh, like a full production on, you know, just you have to kind of really kind of squeeze the whole thing inside out to, to get something useful out of it. Um, 
um, or just uh, you know uh, try to to go into a direction you haven't tried before. So it, the the whole discover the, the process of discovery is as, is as important for me as um, and, and as satisfying for me as getting a result that I like. And and usually it's um, um, if it's in uncharted territory, at least for myself, mm-hmm. it can be it can be totally uh, uh, you know. Worked out by other people, but if if it's me new for me, it it can sometimes be that extra push for me to um, to give me the the edge of you know achieving something that I haven't done before and um, and having fun with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try 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 things that you that you are not uh, familiar with uh, can actually be fun. Mm-hmm. You're out of the comfort zone, yeah. Yeah, out of your comfort zone, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I can't make tracks. I don't have uh, inspiration unless I'm doing that in some way. I just get so bored, you know, when you, you can get in a zone and then the really great stuff that I like is always happening when that's happening where I'm like, well, let me try doing it this way or writing it. I'm, I'm starting to write at a much slower BPM because I feel like it's getting a little bit out of control at the moment with the really fast, and I'm very guilty of it. Don't get me well, wrong. What is, what is slow? What do you mean? Like in 129. Oh, I thought you were going to say 60 uh, or slow for me. No. 20. <laughs> no, as opposed to one, I always work at 140. That's my default, like the entire time I've ever made well, techno. Okay. Um, yeah, so for me slow is not normal maybe (laughs) but it's really you know the bpm makes a huge difference it's actually really so much more difficult to work at a slower bpm because the faster it is the more you get energy uh and things kind of you know work off each other syncopate in like a a certain way at us in the range of bpm and so it's like almost like i'm starting over so it's really not it's not fun because I feel frustrated, but it's ultimately, you know, uh, it's keeping me inspired. So, but that's really important. I think to work at a, another to, yeah, just always set a challenge for yourself. And then you, that's when you come up with uh, exciting new things. Mm. Mm. Yeah. These, these strategies are are probably as much as, as important as uh, actual skills on machines, you know, it's uh, Mm a, Uh, if you you can make up all kinds of rules or strategies um, to get started, it um, like in, in the beginning, Colleen said it can be a machine uh, which gets you started. Just I, I'm a focus. I'm going to focus on this machine and see what happens. But it could also be a rule, you know, like something mm-hmm. you uh, yeah. a rule you you just invent. You're not or, allowed to do this or that. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so uh, I saw Marcus showing up. Marcus. Hey, Marcus. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Marcus uh, asking a very, very uh, touchy question. <laughs> I, he said, what, what will be the next piece of gear you're going to buy and why? I think I think we're all probably um, closer to the selling Cinti gear. Right <laughs> <laughs> the Cinti 100. I want to buy the Cinti 100. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Marcus, the Cinti 100. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> but then the, the bearing of version though, <laughs> would the Cinti 100 fit in your room though I mean I don't think it could come to a door as I remember somebody <laughs> saying um, 
Ah, yeah, it was uh, Luke, it was Luke who got the Colossus, and yeah, uh, he has a Colossus, and yeah, yeah and, and he ordered it before he even knew it was uh, 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 it it could come through his studio door, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told that story. That was uh, yeah. that was interesting. No, I think the Cinti hundred uh, would probably fit if I would get a lot of other stuff out. But uh, on a serious note, if if I wanted to buy new gear. I think some some uh, effects and and coloring things like you know that that OTO boom I find very interesting. There's an overstayer modeler channel that I find very interesting, but I also find the from Electron the the Digitone the the FM synth. I also find that one interesting. So regarding gear, it would probably be that. Mm. Yeah, Marcus says he will come around with the Pulsar 23. Yeah, that's, that's ah uh, yes, Pulsar 23. Mm -hmm. so. Recently, got it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very curious to know how he's getting on with it. Me too. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Has anybody checked out? Um, I don't. I forgot the name, but they did a sequencer as well. So much just released. Uh, yeah, uh, for the for the Lyra and also for the Pulsar. This is the the. Yeah, what is it called? Or ornament. Ornament. Yeah. The ornament. Yeah. yeah. That looks really interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And our friend Surgeon Tony is oh, here. Hey, 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 hey. Tony. Hi. <laughs> awesome. Looking good in the photo. The man of the with the backgrounds, the interesting backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So are you um do you have anything on your list, um Kink? Any anything do yes, you Yes, I'm um, just checking the name. Yes, I have a very simple device. There is this mm -hmm. very cool company called Bustle Instruments. They do a lot of ah, modules. Yeah. Bustle, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just released a MIDI looper. I'm obviously very obsessed with looping everything, so I guess that's that's going to be it. I'm going to buy this one. It's uh, MIDI. It's called MIDI Looper by Bustle Instruments. Right. And what does it do? Just is it sort of like uh, yes, the, it has a continuous input, and then when you press a yes, a basically and it, it loops a, a certain amount of bars or something. Yes, you you can. Uh, you have a couple of uh, channels, so you can connect a couple of synthesizers to it, and basically you are you can uh, loop the MIDI information, you can uh, manipulate the, the loop length, and so on and so on. So I'm still not very familiar. I just saw the product just a couple of days ago and haven't studied uh, uh, haven't studied it properly. But it's a pretty small uh, box, which is amazing for traveling, and uh, yeah, basically it's enabling me to loop and manipulate MIDI in real time, which is which is amazing. It's going to give a new life to most of the keyboards I have. Yeah. Okay. So this is it for me in the moment. But basically, like Joachim said, I, I would rather sell stuff. <laughs> because, because I mean, and I don't have a massive collection, but still uh, having quite a few bits and pieces. Mm. I found uh, I'm spending a lot of time in the studio uh, doing cable management. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and not not really being creative. So uh, as much as it's inspiring to have machines, I'm also losing a lot of time. So I'm thinking of down downsizing, and uh, I would say just this MIDI looper. And uh, I became quite curious about the Wasp synthesizers because of the Behringer reincarnation of uh, Wasp. There's this cheap digital synthesizer from back in the days. They Behringer made a clone. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just interested into filter. So Dopfer, they also make a Wasp filter. So I guess I'm going to get the, the Dopfer module for the filter. So I guess those are the two things I'm going to get. Okay. Yeah, the Wasp is nasty, man. It's uh, a... Yeah. yeah. I think there's a 
friends, Robin friends showing up. Oh, are you? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so you had you, um, um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's the same for you, right, Robin? The the pulsar would be on your uh, on your list. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, the pulsar, the, the ornament, of course, because I have a Lyra eight already, and uh, you can use it as a sequencer for both the Lyra and the pulsar even at the same time. So yeah, that is really interesting. Uh, yeah. And you, Albert? The FOB filter has finally need to get. I don't know if that's- Oh, the FOB filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. EQ, I mean, I, I, I see it all the time and I, I, I heard it today and it's so, um, actually I think it looks uh, ugly <laughs> the way it looks, but it's so <laughs> precise and it looks looks so logical and it's uh, it has nice features. Yeah, I'd love to get that little soft software. Yeah, it's a nice helper thing. You know, it doesn't have any uh, special character, and it, I, I, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's it's a very transparent uh, EQ, and the cool thing about it is that you can uh, have it detect frequencies which are peaking. So there is a mode in where it sort of analyzes the the waveform and it shows you where the where the nasty stuff is. Usually you can hear it yourself, but it, it's it's just easy that it just points it out and you 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 can uh, it gives you a starting point basically. So you, you you can see where it's happening and then you can drag things down uh, to remove to remove the, the the nasty frequency that you want to get rid of, and then you can make it dynamic as well. Okay. So it's uh, whenever it's it shows its ugly head, you know, it it dips itself. <laughs> and it can be very narrow and very wide. It's very it's uh, it's it's totally surgical, and it and it's it's transparent. You you um, it is there's a risk of overdoing it because it's so transparent, but at the same time, it's re it's a really uh, easy and effective tool to to get spiky. Uh, narrow frequency bands uh, to remove them uh, and dynamically as well. Um, it, I use it mostly to remove stuff, to be honest. I don't EQ with it. It's just um, a surgical problem solver, you know, if there's... Uh, mm -hmm. so it came in handy today because the 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 peaks you get with the, the testing equipment sounds, it's it, they can sometimes be absolutely insane. You know, they're, they, they are such narrow um, peaks that there's there are very, very few tools that, that, that are there to get rid of them effectively without destroying the sound or to, to take away too much or to change it in a way that you don't want to. But this is this um, Q3, was it called? Yeah, Q3, oh, Q3 like the yeah, uh, like Pro Synchrotron Q3. is saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, Synchrotron, Subman. Hey. Um, yeah, that's the one we're talking about. The yeah, Fat okay. Filter Pro Q3, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So that's on your list then. That's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Nice. But it, it, it never ends really, does it? Know. You know, yeah. with, with gear and, and other stuff that's that's interesting, you know. It's, I think that there will always be something that is, you know, uh, yeah, that we would want because something new is coming out or something interesting or whatever. It's, I think it never ends. Hmm. There's this one from uh, Odd John. Uh, that's another thing I, I'm hearing lots of things about the Zen delay by Erica Sins. Has anybody tried this? Uh, mm -hmm. No, no. But I, I heard a lot of good stuff about it. Yeah, yeah. I saw some examples, and it's 
uh, it looked amazing. Uh, to be honest, I don't need another delay. I did so many delays. <laughs> But I call just one, just one more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, if 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 I would have one here to try, I would love to to get my hands on it on one. But um, um, the one that I've been using lately, as far as Eurorack delays, is the the Magneto is one of my favorites. The uh, Strymon Magneto. It's a um, it's it's um, it's so musical. You know, it's a, it's a really musical and, and warm sounding delay. And uh, there's a, uh, you can basically control every aspect of it. It's basically four loopers or four, four delay lines. And uh, you can make it wow. loop, you can make it uh, pitch shift. Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a um, spring reverb emulator in there as well. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, it makes everything sound expensive and nice. <laughs> And it's it. I would say you know it's an instrument instrument by itself. So you can, with very very few um, sound going into it, you can get you can get massive modulations and and uh, basically whole worlds out of it. It's um, it's it's quite a quite a trippy machine. Yeah, the Strymon anything like the you put anything through and it sounds amazing. Yeah. I have, I have just the pedals, but like the dig the, that's my favorite delay. And you just put the most weakest sound through, and it's like, like yes, <laughs> cheating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Strymon and Eventide are those, you know, boxes that make everything sound yeah. luxurious, <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a luxurious yeah. glaze layer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyone into polys? Um, uh, flex flagship synths like um, Moog One, or for example, from Square Methods, a Square Methods. Um, I'm to be honest, we have there's a, a bunch of polys here, like all the older ones. Um, uh, I'm to be honest, I'm not a poly guy. Um, I don't think this is specifically uh, he's uh, specifically talking about poly synths though. But flagship synths of any brand are usually the bigger polys we know. So. Um, I mean, interpreting mm -hmm. it like that. Um, yeah, I looked into the uh, the MOOC one, but uh, to be honest, that's one of those machines, especially uh, along along with other uh, flagship synths, you know, you have to really dedicate uh, a huge amount of time to them so to really justify the purchase. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, a, I would hate to have something like that sitting around doing nothing or to use it for... <laughs> for for one track yeah. or one one project, it, you know, I haven't I haven't come across one lately that makes me go, okay, this is something I'm gonna really dive into and make my sort of uh, staple flagship synth, you know. Um, so I don't know about you, uh, you Robin, have you? Um... Well, I, I have an Access Virus B, mm -hmm. which was the second Access Virus. And is uh, I admit it's most famous for the synth being used on Tiesto's first album <laughs> or first major album, uh, and I almost never use it because it I don't like the interface. It's it's very complicated to to get simple, straightforward sounds out of it that I like for my music instead of uh, like you know the 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 huge like trance-ish uh, presets that are in it so i rarely use that and the other only other synth sort of polyphonic synth that i'm using here is the lyra 
because that's uh, theoretically mm. that's eight voice polyphonic, and uh, that has a sound character that I really like. So uh, I'm I'm also not really a, a poly guy here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a poly girl, Colleen? <laughs> Actually, I don't own one poly since. No, okay. yeah, <laughs> not one. No. I got when I when I moved, I got rid of everything, and I don't like uh, when you know once you get into modular, it's really hard to work with a with a with a big synth because then you can't control anything, and yeah. you know once you get used to being able to route everything the way you want, you're like, oh, well, I don't want to do it that way. What if I want to change mm -hmm. it? So that's mm -hmm. it, the more you work with modular, uh, the more difficult it is to invest the amount of money in something that's already been decided for you. <laughs> so that's I object to being restricted. <laughs> I want to be free. <laughs> yeah. So well, not I, I have to <laughs> I have to say I'm quite fascinated with the with the with the polysynths. Uh mm. especially if you use them uh, as a monosynth in a way because when you <laughs> don't play when you yeah, when you when you don't play chords, but when you let the different notes layer after each other, and if you apply some sort of pitch modulation, uh, okay. you get you get magic. Okay, uh, and that's very interesting thing I discovered on a long flight from Asia back to Europe. I, I had this Jupiter Eight clone by Roland, the boutique Jupiter 8 clone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had so many hours in the plane. It's a, this little box with on, on batteries. Uh, so with this synthesizer, it was quite difficult to actually program chords, but it's a polysynth. Mm -hmm. uh, so I discovered the amazing result of uh, using it as, as a monosynth, but uh, when when you have more voices, then the, 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 each note is layering uh, with, with the one which is uh, being played. And I I get quite obsessed with police, and I bought a couple of mostly new new machines. And uh, unfortunately, I'm still in the journey finding the right poly because with the old ones, I don't want to deal with with uh, servicing. Mm -hmm. The new ones I have, uh, I'm not completely happy with the tone either with the oscillators or the filters. Okay. So I'm still I'm still hunting, and I saw this uh, synth called uh, Udo Super Six. Basically, it's a twelve voice poly. Mm, yeah, um, but uh, I would recommend the people just to just to check it out because technically I cannot explain. What's the uh, name? It's called it's called Udo U D O Super okay. Six. It's it's using a new oscillator technology called FPGA. It's essentially a digital oscillator which is working on a very 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 high resolution, like uh, let's say ninety six megahertz. Okay. I'm just giving an example, I'm not sure about the parameters, but it's working on such a high frequency that it, it, it cannot have a, uh, any kind of digital artifacts. So it doesn't have to be, nothing has to be filtered out of the, of the oscillator sound, considering okay. it's a digital oscillator. So there is no okay. any uh, unpleasant artifacts. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious about this one. I'm still hunting for the right poly, but yeah, I would say right now I'm fascinated by using a poly as a monosynth or using a poly as a modular synth. Okay, no, so I, I think you 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 count you count you don't count like a fully a poly guy because you use it as a monosynth. So yeah, but you're yeah. sort of in between mono guy yeah. and poly guy. Yeah. I think I think we we found we found another uh, good argument uh, for um, 
uh, vintage versus clones because try, I don't think anybody's ever tried to get a real Jupiter six on a plane and, uh, and fool around with it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, Try that. Hey, eh? Yeah. I think it's actually one of the one of the better. Uh, it would be an expensive ticket. It would take four seats. <laughs> be, be offended that you cannot yeah. connect it. You know, be offended that, you, that you're not able to, to connect it. Yeah. It would be very very interesting to ask the flight attendant, "Hey, can you please get some power to plug my Jupiter Eight here and yeah, <laughs> play around exactly. a little bit?" And, and, then, and then and then be all, all offended and bent out of shape that you're not able to to plug it in. <laughs> what, that, what kind of service is that? <laughs> in, in, Economy class, you know, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. On EasyJet. Yeah, yeah. Ryanair, Ryanair, Ryanair. Ryanair yeah. What do you mean I'm not able to plug it? <laughs> I, I've been lately, uh, I've been able to play with uh, Novation Peak, which is a policy. Oh, this is, I want that synth. What do you and, think? Uh, I love it, and uh, yeah. I've been playing around with the the Korg Mini Log as well, the silver mm -hmm. one, the first one, and I really like that one as well. And they're both polysynth. Mm. Yeah, the peak both is. Analog, I didn't get to answer the yeah. next the next thing I was going to get. I wanted is the peak. I need a polysynth. Yeah, innovation peak. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really played need with it in that. Berlin at uh, Jazz Music because they had it in stock there. Oh, and you can nice. play around with all, all kinds of synths there. That's a dangerous it. place. <laughs> I know, I know. For, especially for <laughs> it's your the wallet. worst. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that one in Snyder's is a oh, terrible, yeah. terrible Lots place. <laughs> If you if you if you guys have the space and if you can uh, sacrifice the money, uh, this is the the summit, which is the twin version of uh, of the peak. Is, oh, isn't nice. it like the keyboard version? I'm sorry. Oh. Isn't it like the keyboard version of the peak? It's basically two peaks. Uh, okay. In the box, twin peaks. But two <laughs> two peaks in the box. Yeah. Twin peaks. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, you have you. Have have a lot of modulations uh, put on top so you have a lot of fm control uh and oh, really? uh, it's so much more expressive and it makes yeah, it okay. makes a very big difference but the thing is it's it's too big so it, uh what's amazing with with the peak is that it's quite small you know in a footprint but yeah. still with a lot of control so both yeah. both are nice my I, I think this, the, the probably that's uh, one of the most those both are one of the most amazing things uh that have been done uh, however I think I'm half de deaf in the high frequencies. I wish the oscillators were a bit sharper, but maybe this is just a personal okay, okay. thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, the sound is very organic, very deep, and that's what people, a lot of people want. I, I wish the sound was a bit harsher. That's yeah. my only little little negative uh, <laughs> comment. Mm. Okay. Too nice. Too nice. <laughs> but but I, I have I have both. I use them. I use both peak and, and uh, okay. They they have they're very expressive. Uh, for me, that's very important to, yeah. and do to you, have an uh, expressive instrument. Do you play? Do, do you find playing the the keys important in uh, when when you use a poly, or is it? Uh, do you uh, sequence it externally? Well, uh, the summit is the first actually big keyboard I have. So mm. yes, I I found for, with this one particularly because you can you can uh, assign you can make it very expressive having a keyboard. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess compared to the old polys with keyboards, I, I think it makes very big difference if you have that kind of a modern uh, keyboard where you can use aftertouch, you can use velocity, you can assign, mm -hmm. you can make choices, you can make different assign assignments. So with a modern synth like this, I think it makes sense to have a keyboard. Mm. Yeah. I'm not great at keys, I'm just banging. I mean, sometimes I just do drum sounds with it. I just make a crazy FM settings, which is very atonal, very noisy. So I would rather just use it as a percussive instrument by just hitting random keys, not really doing something melodic. Mm -hmm. But yes, it's very it's very expressive, and with this machine, it's nice to have uh, to use the keys. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you have any favorite polys, Albert? <coughs> uh, no, and I never never really been into them. I'm <laughs> just I'm just gonna disappear for a second. I need to get the power for the for the laptop. See you. Oh yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, okay. I did think this boutique uh, Jupiter is it the Jupiter Eight? This uh, boutique, I think it's uh, one yeah. of the yeah, better, yeah, better yeah. boutique uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, boxes. That that's not not yeah. I wouldn't mind uh, trying that. I think uh, yeah, for for a poly that would be nice and compact. And if you would try a poly. Yeah, I'm not that much into classical synthesizer sounds, <laughs> to be honest. So I'm not really. Yeah, the Jupiter Eight. You can then you can play the the uh, Save a Prayer synthesizer sounds from during the arpeggio. The, that, yeah. that song. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all the synthesizer sounds in that song are from Jupiter Eight. So mm. to be honest, for from the from the the big the big Roland uh, polys from the from those times, I think the Jupiter Six totally beats the the Eight. Oh. Yeah, the, there's the, the a six. The there's a six here in, a, in a back yeah. in the in the room. And this, the six is just uh, the, mm. it can. It's capable of doing way more adventurous sounds. You know, the eight is I, very I very classic. Yeah. yeah, very classical, big synthy, paddy sounds. You know, strings and basses and stuff. And uh, the six is uh, can be. Uh, yeah, it can be sound be made sounding very noisy and very uh, percussive and edgy and and. Crazy. I, I like the six more than the eight, to be honest. Mm -hmm. yeah. The six kicks ass. It's good arpeggiator, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, this one. Um, anybody has the Deckard's Dream? That's from the Japanese uh, company. What is it called again? Black, black, uh, black, black, uh, operation. black Operation. Black Operation, yeah. <laughs> I just tried it at the Super Booth once and I met uh, Rob. Yeah. Or Bob? Sorry, sorry, Bob. <laughs> sorry that I called you Rob. Um, it's very, very impressive. But I think it's um, hard to just check at the super booth. Like it's it's hard to check synthesizers at the super booth anyway because there's so much other sounds there and people talking. So I didn't think I got the right um, impression. But I mean, sound-wise, it's very in impressive. But I. Yeah, I just didn't think I got the complete impression because of the the way it's set up at Superbooth. Yeah. Yeah, Deckard's Dream, that's the, the one that uh, cloned the... CS80. CS80. And then there is one that, that does the, the Elka Syntax. That's a new one, I think. And there's yeah, another the, one. I've, uh, uh, there's another one. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, uh, all three of them are, are, yeah, all three of them are really <coughs> interesting. And to be honest, yeah, okay, so so maybe that that would uh, uh, yeah, kind of my, my mind up now. <laughs> if I had to choose a new poly, the, the, one of those three, or maybe all three of them, that would be the one that I think I would go for. 
Uh, yeah, what's the other one? It's the CS80, the... The, the kimchi, one is called kimchi. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to... Yeah, CS80, uh, Syntax, and one, no, one other one. And I think it's the other one that I, uh, I like the most. Okay. Mm. Uh, anyway, but that's uh, yeah. Those are those are really nice sounding machines. Uh, I've, got, I've got friends who who have them and they've sent me some stuff. They've done with it. It's um, it, they're just really f amazing synthesizers. Really good stuff. Um, yeah, let's see. We are. Oh, it's already two almost two hours, guys. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah, the polycobol. <laughs> polycobol, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. So the the original polycobol okay. is is uh, is is an absolute beast of a synth, but it's probably one of the rarest ever. Yeah. Uh, it's a French uh, synth, uh, but yeah, that's the they, the the clone is uh, is amazing too. It's a uh, the one by by. Uh, what well, I see is the I said yeah. kimchi, but it's. Key, key me or yeah. whatever is uh, yeah. that's that's the uh, the clone. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. And Pasquale is asking, Again. do you think Grooveback Grooveboxes will make a comeback? Oh yes, absolutely. 100%. They they yeah, have 100%. made a comeback in this studio for sure <laughs> already <laughs> for a few years. If yeah. You, if you want to choose between buy buy Tesla or Amazon stock or buy a Groovebox, <laughs> buy a Groovebox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my my two cents. Yeah, there's some my really amazing ones. Never went away. <laughs> there's some there's some really amazing ones. I, I, I the the ones that I I think are my favorites at the moment are the the EF three hundred three. Which is an effects box by Roland, um, the DX two hundred, which is a sort of like a um, DX seven. Yeah, you know, it's a DX one hundred with with uh, oh, yeah. some yeah. some control on uh, with rotary controls and a sequencer built a built in sequencer. And the effects are pretty crappy; they distort very easily. But if you take the effects off, it's just a pure FM synthesis with. Uh, Step control, almost like the Digidact, you know, these days. But mm. it, it's it's simpler and it's um, sort of more basic. But it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and there's another one, yeah, the SU seven hundred. I'm gonna get that out of the dust again sometime soon because I really love those. Um, yeah, groove boxes. Oh, are are electron quali qualified as groove boxes? I think when people talk about the comeback of groove, box, groove boxes it's they're mentioning the uh the 90s ones like the mc303 and you know from those times yeah yeah like workflow wise maybe yes but electron is uh, <laughs> way more modern of course than uh... so i'm not a poly guy but i'm a groove box guy yeah yeah <laughs> i guess, I guess. <laughs> what about you kink are you into groove boxes uh, I haven't experienced them in the nineties. So, uh, I mean, I wish I wish I could have something which uh, I, I would love to use one machine for for a show. So, in a way, yes, and like I'm a workstation. Quite, yeah, yeah, and I'm having this uh, pretty crazy unit called uh, Lap Loop. So, uh, two guys oh. in Milano, uh, two guys in Milano, they do this. Uh, I guess it can qualify as a groove box because it have a kick generator, it have a noise generator which you can use for hi hats and snares. It have two oscillators. It have a sequencer. So I guess it's some sort of a 
you know, a one box which you, which you can use for, uh, for everything. Do you use it live uh, or, to, or in the studio or both? I used to use it live. Uh, it's a friend of mine used an expression for this machine. He says it's a beautiful horse you cannot ride. So it's, yeah, it sounds I'm amazing. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it sounds okay. amazing. And what's the most fascinating thing with this unit is uh, it have a, an analog memory. It have a bucket brigade chip, like all those mm. delays. So uh, when you want to create a melody, basically you cannot input uh, any MIDI notes. You cannot put any notes. You're storing voltage in the memory, and the way okay. you store voltage it's, it's, is yeah. the the way you you store voltage is by sampling an LFO by hitting uh, the the, the uh, position of the LFO in a certain moment with with a gate, the rhythmical part of the of the unit. So you randomly sample an LFO, and you're storing that information in this digital, uh, sorry, this analog memory. Mm. Uh, but to keep the story short, this uh, delay chip, the function of this delay chip is to forget. So mm. after a while, this voltage starts to degrade and change. Deteriorate, so yeah. So after three minutes, this melody you have starts to go with micro less, less than quarter tones in a certain direction. So that's quite fascinating about this unit. So that's yeah. the yeah. best. And, and I love it, but, but this version one, which have the sound for me, uh, it's just not possible to synchronize it. And you have to be a DJ a little bit. And I used to bring it uh -huh. to, to my live sets. You have to, you, it, it, can, it can lock in, in tempo, uh, but it cannot lock in phase mm. with your other equipment. So you yeah, have to Tony you I think Tony uses one. I think yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's using the version 2. Okay. Which which yeah. uh well the guys try to make the sound a bit nicer and again I I was saying the same thing about the, the novation synths. I I like the sound a bit harsher. So for me the laptop version 1 is a bit better because it sounds a bit more metallic and more Annoying. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tony, Tony have the version two, which is synchronizing well. It have much better connectivity. Mm. It's more controllable. Yeah. So in, in terms of group boxes, I guess for me is the lap loop thing. And I, I would love to see more machines which are generating, you know, kicks, drums, and, and uh, melodic elements. And I can use one box to to improvise. I don't know if I don't have much experience with others, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess the things like the Octatrack and the analog rhythm, and um, they can probably do entire tracks uh, from yeah. one machine. I guess I mean the uh, separate outputs are a bit limited on the Octatrack, so it's. Uh, but yeah, you could you could theoretically do a DJ set on just one Octatrack. Yeah, you know, but or one machine drum. Or yeah, 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 machine drum. drum. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a like a group box. <laughs> yeah, All exactly. Of it. Yeah. and it has like four. It has a decent. Oh yeah, I guess it's not that many. Oh, I'm I'm looking at the the mono machine now because it looks like the machine drum and it's replaced the machine drum. Like it's oh, mm. it's not the same machine. <laughs> but 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 the thing is because because I'm too lazy, I wish I could see more of those machines and I wish them to be made in a way that you can compose on the fly. Because I'm yeah. just too lazy to prepare. <laughs> So yeah. I, I guess that's, that's <laughs> something I'm missing in the market at the moment. Groove boxes, yeah. which you can program in the real time. I, I think, think the, the Tempest is the best at that. Yeah, I, don't, I sold yeah. my Tempest, but I don't. I don't like it. But 
it's a great machine. And that's right. the only good thing about it is that you can, it's really easy to do things on the fly. Mm-hmm. Electron mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. really good for that. I think Roland just released uh, uh, something 707. Yeah, MC7. Yeah, 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 or 727. I don't know. It's a, it's a, a groove box. And there's a 101 as well, which is a scaled down version. And I think those are made with, especially with uh, performance in, in mind, you know, mm-hmm. like everything in one box kind of thing mm-hmm. with drums and synth. This is built in synth and effects and stuff. I don't know. I mean, uh, I kind of think the old ones are charming because they sound a bit, a bit crappier. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. two MC505s, but they're both back in the U.S. But next time I go back to the U.S., I'm going to bring one MC505s. of them. MC505s. Oh, th- those yeah. are the, the bigger 303 yeah. MC303. That was the first yeah. machine I used to make. Okay any techno on and it was great it's so it like was the best like boot camp for like menu diving ever but the amount of things you can do in that is unbelievable yeah, mm. when you really get into it so it was like the best uh intro to making mm. techno and hardware so yeah yeah also for life yeah exactly everything was just Boom. With the little faders in the middle, whatever. Yeah, I yeah, also yeah. Really like this thing. Yeah, yeah l- l- last last week we had um, um, Talisman on on the chat. Yeah, and he uses the MC nine hundred nine for yeah, everything. Yeah, I I was yeah. like, oh, we were just talking about that, but no, it was yeah. because I watched the show last week. It wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, no, Loophole. that was me watching y'all talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the with the ro- the automat. Does it have motorized faders? Right, the nine oh nine, the MC nine oh nine. I don't think so. The MC eight oh eight has the motorized faders. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's so confusing because they me. keep they keep reusing the eight oh eight nine. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. For no reason. MC five oh five. Yeah, that's the yes. that's the one you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw another one, the RS7000 in the yeah. comments. Uh, that's uh, a, a good one, too. Yeah. The Yamaha, uh, <laughs> like, uh, groove box, and I really like that one as well. Yeah. I Which had one? an RM1X for ages, and I did all my okay. music on it for years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. Uh, it's a good MIDI sequencer, but it's, it's really bad for doing music. <laughs> yeah. It just had a, had a good distortion, so my kick drums were badass. <laughs> it's, uh, same sound engine as the RS seven thousand, I think. The same sound engine. Uh, might be. I think the R- this RS seven thousand was more expensive, so I couldn't yes. afford it. And I think it was it a lot more versatile. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure though. Here's one uh, last one. Microtuning is quite trendy these days. I don't know if it's trendy, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Apex made it famous. Um, Monologue base station two, yeah, with the Apex. Uh, what is it? There's a software update, okay, uh, or something on the mm-hmm. base station some, two. Uh, some yeah, hydrosynth. Hydrosynth is actually a poly that I'm. I find very interesting too. Now maybe I am a poly guy. I don't know. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> my 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 poly feelings are starting yeah, yeah, yeah. to uh, <laughs> to emerge. <laughs> to show themselves. Yeah. Has any? Uh, has anybody tried doing my own their own microtune scales? Uh, is the question. No. Well, um, 
I, I'm 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 obsessed with uh, monolog and minilog, uh, and I I got them because of the ability to do the micro tuning. I ended up loving them because of this instant MIDI looping feature inside. So, <laughs> but yeah, I love I love micro tuning. I think, uh, but I, I'm not going. I'm not uh, making amazing uh, uh, new scales. I'm just detuning everything with uh, less than quarter of a tone. Yeah, so that's just, that's that's what I. Yeah, yeah, it just brings the, the yeah. play life, but it's not a brand new invention of a scale. I'm not reinventing the 12 semitone uh, scale. Yeah, I'm not doing anything new, just a little yeah, life. I, I, I'm the same. I, I do a lot of uh, um, tuning things. I don't I don't sit down and design entire scales and then try to make a track with it. But um, I I do have a lot of analog sequences which which are uh, non-stepped. You know, so they're they're basically continuous. Uh, voltage and uh, yeah, sometimes you even <laughs> even if you try, you couldn't get them in perfect tune. So I and and mm. you can you can work with that and try try to make it sound in such a way that that it kind of um, uh, yeah sort of uh, has a little bit of friction tonal in in tonality. Um, so in that sense, yes, I do I do do things with uh, micro scaling, uh, but not actually designing scales. Uh, as such, but um, I think I think working with um, modular or with voltage in general, um, you always you, you very often end up with things which aren't perfectly in tune but sound great nonetheless, you know, yeah. or sound right in your ears. I would say unintentionally, I might do that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, to, to, not intentionally. To... <laughs> if things sound right, then it's okay. I, I I don't mind if they are then not like you know in tune as it's supposed to be. If it sounds right, it sounds right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny how the the brain works because some things might not be right if you measure the if you measure uh, the frequencies, but, yeah. but still, uh, if if you slightly detune something uh, against something else, or even within the same instrument, it might sound. Uh, more pleasant or more interesting to the ear. Um, so, um, yeah, it's funny. I have to say my experience by dealing with Eurorack, uh, modular voltage or or those keyboards, uh, uh, I quite enjoy doing the things manually with the knobs. And once I try to detune and create a scale mm. uh, somehow some numerically with the, with the, with the keyboard, uh, uh, I prefer the hand way i prefer to listen and once i yeah. am trying to how to say manufacture create a scale i don't know i'm i'm, I'm overthinking it and i end up doing nothing so um, mm. i would say for me it was at least it was much more creative and enjoyable just to deal with the sequences with knobs instead of programming or creating a scale mm. so for me creating the scale didn't work well so much it was more yeah. like enjoying the tuning by by hand yeah but it is micro tuning, nonetheless, if you do it that way, yeah. But more random, more, yeah, more, uh, yeah. more uh, by ear, basically, in, yeah. Intuition instead of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one to uh, to end, I guess. Maybe uh, we should all take uh, take some time to uh, um, promote our latest thing, if there is any. Uh, are you doing doing any releases? I saw you have something new, uh, Kink. I just released a record. Yeah. Yeah. I run I run a tiny little label called uh, Sophia, named okay. after my hometown. Nice. And uh, the third record just came out uh, two, three days ago. 
uh, yeah, but I managed to squeeze five tracks on the record. They're quite diverse. Uh, tempos are going from 120 something to 140. There is a ambient kind of a track. It was it's a funny record because uh, I did it when uh, the whole Corona craze started, and uh, I was afraid to go to the studio. Uh, I was we were doing a big renovation in, in my place, so temporary. I was homeless, living in my mom's place wow. with just uh, one of the monologues by Cork and. Uh, yeah, just I just I was just looking for a way to 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 relax and not be stressed so much with pregnant wife as well, and uh, <laughs> I just made a funny record all over the place. And that's that's it. It's not it's not house. It's not techno. It's just a bit of everything, and it's it's fun. Yeah. Cool. And uh, you, Colleen, you got anything coming up? Yes, I have things coming up, but it's not been announced yet. So. Oh, you can't talk Rain. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, three things coming up. But okay, cool. Right, <laughs> you want to leave it at that? I know you, Robin, I'm working on something. Uh, I'm, I'm working on an EP for a certain label that has asked for music uh, for me. I'm also working on a remix uh, at the moment for someone I'm not able to tell yet for who, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the, that the guy asked me. And uh, yeah, but basically, as I said uh, earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my new monitors now so that I can get really get fully uh, up to speed again. Nice, oh, nice. Hopefully, hopefully early next week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. After yeah. such a long wait, that's great. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and Albert, anything I don't know about? <laughs> um, I finished uh, an album, so okay, yeah, cool. it's a lot of tracks. I still, we still have to figure out the right order, but it'll probably be out early next year. And there's some collaborative projects also um, um, happening and being released, as well as um, the tracks that we finished, Jochem and I. So yeah, yeah, we we worked on it without uh, uh, having a plan for how and when to release it, but we just want to get it done and see what the sort of collection ends up like, and then we decide what to do with it. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool well, cool. great hanging out, people. It's really good to see you all. Hanging out with you too. <laughs> awesome. Full house today. Uh, I must yeah, mention uh, to sure. the people in the uh, who are hanging out in the comments with us. Um, thanks for joining, and uh, uh, sorry if there's anything we didn't uh, answer. If you have any more questions, though, we have um, a Discord server. The link should be in the description of the video, uh, and uh, that's a place where we hang out after this. And uh, it's been yeah. up and running for a few months now, and it's getting becoming a really nice place for producers or people who are music enthusiasts in general to hang out and to learn about new stuff and to keep in touch um, and and to hang out. And we do this um, uh, Nob Twiddlers hangout after party there every week, just after the show, um, just to continue the chat and to answer any more questions. So uh, have a look and hopefully see you there. And uh, yeah, thanks again, people, for hanging out. It was Great to talk to you all and um, ciao, ciao, bye bye. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye.